You're listening to If We Were Writing, a feisty triathlon-ish podcast. I'm Kelly O'Mara, and together with Sarah True, we head up a weekly group ride where we dish on all triathlon news and everything else-ish we want to talk about. We're joined regularly by Khadija Diggs and Jocelyn Wong-Neal, and Laura Sidal does her Sid Talk segment updating you on everything you need to know from the weekend. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If We Were Writing is a production of Live Feisty Media. Join us on our group ride. Okay, we made it to week two of our new group ride. How is everybody feeling? I hear Jocelyn broke another tape this past weekend. Yeah. It was a Mother's Day 5K. What does that entail? It was a lot of families and moms and strollers. And my daughter and husband came. Uh, my daughter, who's two and a half, hates when I race. <laughs> She just does. She's very clingy. She doesn't want to be away from me. And I was, my husband's like, won't you just push her in the stroller for the race? I was like, all I want for Mother's Day is to be able to run 20 minutes by myself. <laughs> That's all you want for Mother's Day. That's all I want for Mother's Day. Just let me run my freaking 5K. <laughs> Did you guys get what you wanted for Mother's Day, Sarah, Khadija? Yes. I went. And rode, and then I parked by the lake, and I watched water pass by. <laughs> that's that's all you wanted was to watch some water. I just I think she just wanted quiet, yeah. solitude. Alone. Oh, alone okay, time. alone time, solitude. I don't need flowers. I don't need candy. I don't need breakfast in bed. Just give me a protein shake. Let me work out, and then let me sit by the lake and watch water go by. That sounds pretty similar. I just went and exercised and took a nap. Um, but really, there was nothing different. No. I went down this total rabbit hole of like the whole breakfast in bed thing okay. um, and how it basically was invented uh, oh. by the media. Yeah, because, uh, well, I'm just going to get into it now. Okay. So yeah. I think it's like down the, that hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> Like in the 1930s, it started getting publicized because it was a uh, it was a way for women uh, who weren't upper class to feel upper class for a very small portion of their lives. Because at that time, like you would have if you were a fancy rich lady, you would have your servant bring you food to your chambers, not in bed, because you would have like a little table and everything. Um, but yeah, it very interesting that that it was it's totally a creation based on like social classes and uh like weird aspirations. Like I went down the Mother's Day hole and that started as like so a two women started it to honor their mom. And it was supposed to be a way to like give back to other and more unfortunate women and like a day of service to like help women. And uh, and now that's not so much what it is. One thing, if you go to um, a historically black university, you'll never forget when graduation is because it is always on Mother's Day. Oh, they don't even tell oh. you the date. They just tell you graduation is on Mother's Day. Why is that? That is so interesting. Yeah. It, I don't know when the tradition started, but that is the tradition. I had no idea. Oh, thank you. I learned something today. I learned something today. I'm so pumped. <laughs> but it's not staggered then if you have two or more kids going to separate HCBUs. Yeah. That, that's that's that is true. But mm -hmm. yeah. 
Huh. Yep. And my oldest son was born on Mother's Day. So I celebrate Mother's Day on his birthday, regardless of what day it falls. Oh, that's oh, I see. Interesting. Oh. Yeah. See, we're going to learn so many things today. See, coming up today, <laughs> coming up on the show today, we are going to talk about all the races coming up. We, uh, we have, we have two of our, two of our group ride are going to be together in person. Uh, we're going to talk about, you know, our sports on the, on the TV, on the media, what drives us crazy. And then we're going to have our Sid talk segment, all the races that happened this past weekend and our advice for other people racing all coming up on today's show. Iron Women is excited to announce a new partnership with Bicycle, the largest global marketplace for pre-owned bikes. With more than 20,000 pre-owned and refurbished road, gravel, mountain, and triathlon bikes available, Bicycle connects buyers and sellers on a global scale and makes the process of buying and selling bikes safe, easy, and convenient for riders. We all know there are plenty of marketplaces and classified sites out there, but what sets Bicycle apart is their guaranteed buyer protection, secure payments, simple shipping, and first-class customer service. Additionally, when you sell a bike, Bicycle provides a bike box directly to your door and coordinates pickup at a time that works best for your schedule. That kind of service has me swayed, and I'm cleaning up one of my old race bikes to sell on Bicycle right now. For a limited time, you can save up to $100 on your purchase at Bicycle by entering the code FEISTYTRY, all caps and one word, at checkout. That's code FEISTYTRY at Bicycle.com. B-U-Y-C-Y-C-L-E dot com. Chasing Epic is the essence of the Orca brand. It's about seeking moments in life that make us feel truly alive and connected to the beauty of the world around us. And let's be honest, with a lot of swim, bike, and run, we get to see a lot of beauty. Orca's been a longtime partner of Feisty, and we work with them year after year because we love their products and their commitment to creating amazing wetsuits made for women. I absolutely love my Orca wetsuit. Apex is number one, but there's a range of triathlon wetsuits you can choose between flexibility, buoyancy, or a combination of both. Really, there's a wetsuit for every triathlete and for all of your epic adventures. As a feisty listener, you can get 15% off with the code IRONWOMEN15 at orca.com. Get out there and chase some epic, friends. So Jocelyn, I know, you know we're getting older and aging, and you've been using Amino Coast Heal as part of your, like, post-workout recovery, right? Yeah. It seems like after I became a mom and then turned 40, my recovering abilities really tanked. So as you remember, I then tore my meniscus, had to get surgery in my knee, and now I've had this lingering ligament injury in my foot. So I've been adding a scoop of the chocolate-flavored heel to like either a glass of chocolate milk or a recovery smoothie. And I love that it helps accelerate muscle repair and reduce inflammation so I can keep training and racing hard in my 40s. Yeah. And so you use the AminoCo Heal chocolate. How do you like it? How does it taste? It tastes pretty good. I mix it up with a bunch of stuff. So it's like, tastes like a chocolate shake. And all AminoCo products are 100% science backed. It's, you know, Feisty's go-to essential amino acids. And you can get 30% off with the code writing, as in if we were writing, at aminoco.com slash writing. 
You'll also get a free gift for new purchasers. That's AminoCo, A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com slash writing and use the code writing at checkout for 30% off and a free gift. All right. So I was all excited about my racing, but I hear Khadija and Sarah are both going to be racing in the same place this weekend. Yeah, we're going to be in Chattanooga together. So Sarah, last year I kept on racing and not telling her that I was going to race. So I feel like I'm jinxing myself by admitting that I'm going to travel tomorrow morning. Uh, I'm flying to Atlanta. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I'll head up to Chattanooga. But yeah, it's a local race for Katija. I'm I'm doing a bit more traveling to get there. Uh, It's kind of a stopover in a weird way because I have to go to Germany next week. So, uh, so I do like the Zwift Tri Academy. I'm, I'm the mentor and we're having a camp over there. Um, we could talk about, I could talk about that later, but, uh, yeah, if I'm going to basically, it is hard enough for me to get to the airport from where I live. I'm like, ah, might as well race on the way because that's like half of day of travel. This makes sense. It seems logical. Yeah. It totally makes sense to me. Um, so I'm I'm like piggybacking a race on top of my week in Germany. I also think you're screwed because old Sarah, who used to host this with you, never looked at Startless, and I look at Startless like all the time. So I'm always going to be like Sarah, we're on the Startless. Uh, good point. Good point. But Khadija, I, you're right. You're driving your van. Yes, I'm driving my van, and I'm going to be parked in the parking lot. <laughs> like, do yes. you sleep in it? And yes. Like, ah. Yes. I, I'm in the white kidnapper van and um, there's a gentleman there who does bike support and bike transport. He's been at a, quite a few races that I go to and he lives out of his van too. So the running joke is, yes, at some races we sleep together. I was like, oh my God. Oh. It's really... <laughs> So before before we started recording, you told me just to knock on the van and say hi. But I could rock on a van. It could be some random guy and not you. Is well, no, you no, no, he's in, he's in a totally different van. But all you said was knock on the van. Which van? And the, the van will say disc on the front. So. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. All right. The van okay. will say, at least that you'll know. It'll say disc on is, the front. Is his also a kidnapper white van? No, his has got all kinds of stuff all over oh, it. Okay. So. Sarah's just going to be going around knocking yeah. on creepy yeah. vans. It's a yeah. white van. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> you have a visitor. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I, I, um, for training for like long training weekends and races that are close by. I just drive up and travel in my van. Even when I went to Texas for um, the age group uh, multi-sport festival, hmm. I drove to Texas and parked across the street. And it was fun because I just opened up the door, get to enjoy hmm. seeing everybody else racing while I wait- waited for my races. And it was kind of the <clears throat> kind of the um, tent, as you would say, for the the disc team. They would come in there and rest and take naps, you know, between their races and everything. So how big is it? It's just a regular ProMaster cargo van. It was uh, the COVID project for um, me, me and the twins. They uh, sized out the solar system and um, I did all the woodworking and everything. Like I actually put the solar system in. I didn't let 12-year-olds put the solar system. But they, it was their science project to map out, you know, 
how many watts this needs to be, how many watts this needs to be, size That's battery. That's awesome. Because you're you're an engineer, right? Yes, I'm a mechanical engineer. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Amazing. it was fun. It was fun. My neighbors were wondering why I was cutting a hole in the top of my brand new cargo van. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds way beyond me. I'm all like, where's the closest Marriott? And I will stay there. And that's about it. It was a lot of fun. We're out. We're outside people. It just, it does not, it's definitely not for everyone, but it works for us. So Jocelyn, are you racing too this weekend? Are we all racing this weekend? No, I am traveling with a two and a half year old toddler. That's racing. And uh, I guess it's going to be an endurance event because it's, you know, five to six hour flight and we're going to have to bring snacks, all kinds of snacks. I was going to mention about allergy season. Mm -hmm. Um, We've got allergies on full force. So I did send a message to her pediatrician saying kind of like, what kind of allergy medicine do you recommend? Do some of them make her drowsy? Also, we're going to be on a cross-country flight. Like, you know, are you picking up what I'm putting down? (laughs) So, I think I could recommend some. Yeah. I think I have a whole <laughs> stack here. You can have some. Is this the first time you've flown with her? No, we went last year um, when she was only 15 months, I think. So she had just started to walk and was much less rowdy and rambunctious. And now, now I'm just trying to make sure she doesn't run away from me in the airport nice. and wants to stay seated in her seat on the airplane. Maybe she'll be asleep half the time, knocked out on allergy medicine. We'll see. Are you guys, Um, are allergies really bad? Are you able to train through allergies, right? Like when they're really bad? Because I basically like lose the will to move. I don't, I don't think I really have allergies. Just to cats. And cats aren't like, you know, pollinating. (laughs) So I'm okay outside. I, I just reset my expectations if I know I'm like really congested. Yeah. Or I mentioned I have a chlorine sensitivity. If I'm like anywhere where I'm going to chafe is like irritated, I just lube up. I mean, half a jar of Vaseline. My allergies aren't as bad as like daycare illnesses. So, mm. so thank God. So I just figure out like apparently Zyrtex been really kind to me, but yeah, just yesterday it was like nonstop dripping and sneezing and grossness. It like starts bad here and there's pollen and everyone's, and then there's something that for like two days, there's something very specific that I'm very, very allergic to. And I don't know what it is. I've like done all the Googling and it's like, cause it's after everybody else. And it's like just a couple days, but it's like, I can't, I mean, I can't do it. But, and then I tried to swim and the chlorine was all off that day too, Khadija. The chlorine was super high and I had really bad. And I was just like, yeah. Oh man, it's terrible. So Kelly, I, I'm going to ask you, how do you feel about this race coming up? <laughs> that I'm doing? <laughs> are, you, are you setting expectations for us? Oh, no, I that. <laughs> what race is it? We don't, oh, I don't I, I'm doing the new Morro Bay race, which is the new one out here in California. Okay. And so it's kind of, we don't have that many big races in California left. Um, so it's sort of like everyone's doing it, which is why I decided to do it. And Morro Bay, if you don't, you don't know, but it's like on the coast, central coast. So it's also like a big vacation destination. So we're going camping after, like, it's like, I'm taking a vacation, right? So I'm mostly still doing it because of all those things. Um, but yeah, my expectations, Sarah, are not 
super well I, i'm just wondering if this like discussion of allergies oh no is, this was uh, not me this, know, is, this is not me uh preempting. no my preemptive is like i literally <laughs> have not biked this far in like a year it may it's like a straight up participation event <laughs> like i'm not sure what's gonna happen <laughs> respect so. Is this yeah. one replacing Wildflower? Because Morovay is not too far from like Pas- Paso Robles. It's like sort of the same time, sort of the same place, but Iron Man. So. But we right. we lost, I don't know. Okay, maybe this is a new topic. I Tell me how your guys' are. We lost like all of our regional races out here, like all those like mid-sized kind of big events. Like we don't have any left in Northern California. I literally was sitting at my computer Googling cool races July. Like I, there's nothing to do. Do you guys still have big like races around you? I think everything's gravel now. Mm, yeah. <laughs> we just have a lot of gravel events near us. Yeah. Yeah. You're up in New Hampshire. Um, Mid-Atlantic, we actually do have a lot of smaller local races, mm. which are, you know, easier to break the right, tape at. Yeah. <laughs> Atlanta has a big triathlon community. There aren't there aren't any 70.3s, but there's lots of sprints and um olympics there's a um georgia multi-sports and i forgot the other try the parks are too big oops i'm sorry my alarm is going off um too big that's my prayer alarm um the um the try the parks are too serious they've been going on for years but there's no like there used to be a 70.3 that uh, wait was it yes yeah Did, did you know i went to georgia tech for grad school Oh, nice. Okay. My brother went to Georgia Tech. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so cool. I spent a couple of years in Atlanta triathloning. And yeah, I did do that half Ironman in Macon, Macon, Georgia. What What year did you do it? Oh. Was it like 2014? Oh, no. Way before that. I graduated in 06. So I was, okay, okay. I did it in 2005. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I, I love, I love that course because the bike course was really hard and I loved it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I hated the run because I was felt like I was on the surface of the sun. But um, the I loved the bike course. I love uh, races with hard bike courses. They had cute awards too. I think it Did was it? called, was it Rock and Roll Man? Yeah. And you get the guitar. Yeah. So you the... got this cute little miniature guitar. Yeah. If you want an award, it's adorable. Yeah. I love that race. It was the first, one of the first races I did a relay and um, I raced with two other women and we beat out all guys. It was a a slow clap when we went to the podium. (laughs) (laughs) It was so funny. I feel like those are the races you still need. You need those like local races and we, yeah, we don't have, we don't have any left. It's kind of, they're all gravel. Like Sarah said. Well, they got all eaten up by Iron Man. Like, you know, I grew yeah. up in the Bay Area. What what used to be the Santa Cruz 70.3 uh, was the big kahuna. That was one of my first half Ironmans. Mm-hmm. Everything's also gravel. It's very trendy. And I just can't get into gravel. I don't know if you guys are into gravel. Mm-mm. I've never done a gravel race. No. Mm-mm. No new bikes. No new anything while we're paying for daycare. We, we we can we can spin this off into a whole nother segments, but okay. I have I have thoughts on gravel. I have opinions on gravel, but yeah, we have other things to talk about today. We have other things to talk about. That's true. <laughs> we promised Jocelyn we would talk about the Netflix show Beef. <laughs> yes, because it's Asian American Pacific Islander Month, and so uh, my request was that we talk about beef which i think last week was like the number one show on netflix 
And you specifically, so you and Sarah have watched it. I'm watching. There's specifically some cycling scene that is bothering the two of you. <laughs> okay, Jocelyn, do you want to give a a, a brief overview of the show? So yes. People place the scene. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the premise of the show is that there's two strangers played by um, Steven Yun, who's the who played Glenn for seven seasons of The Walking Dead, and a lot of people, including myself, stopped watching when he got killed off. And then Ali Wong, who's known as the comedian lady on Netflix who did two Netflix specials while super pregnant. So they're two strangers. They get into this road rage incident and just become mortal enemies. And like, kind of, I call it road rage gone psycho because they end up like stalking each other's families. Like um, Amy, the woman catfishes the other guy's younger brother. And then the scene we're talking about is when the guy that's Glenn from The Walking Dead um, finds Amy's husband, George. And go ahead, Sarah, you continue. Okay. 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 So he, he rides up to George. Like on a bike? And on a bike. And George is like all like Rafa, kitted out. He's on a, a, a Trek SLR 9, I think. Okay, to be specific. You know, to okay. be specific, whites, I if I remember correctly. It, de- it definitely stood out where I'm like, okay, somebody knew about cycling when they dressed him. Right. They did not know about cycling when he started riding. Um, um number one. So he's just like standing up on his bike, no movement of the bike underneath. It was very awkward. But then uh so so the character played by by Glenn. Uh, who what, what he he pretends is he's basically going to catfish this guy. Mm-hmm. His name's Zane. Uh, but oh my goodness. Okay, <laughs> so what he's wearing? Okay, pock helmet. You know, solid. But the rest of the 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 bike like does not add up. The the outfit does not add up. Where where basically they're like. Trying to make him seem as though he would just automatically fit into this Rafa Trek SLR 9 world. And come on, we know better. Cyclists are snobs. They yes. would they would see right through this guy's outfit. There's so there are just so there's, there's so, so much. much. And just like the guy, we call him Glenn. That's not his name no. on the show, but we call him Glenn because it's Glenn <laughs> from The Walking Dead. He's like supposed to be this poor, depressed guy. And sure, poor, depressed guys can be cyclists too. But he had to really stalk Amy's husband to know like what route he's in, that he's super into cycling, but also fake it enough that he could just ride up to this guy and it's, I don't think there was any indication that he really worked out other than lifting weights with his brother. And I'm like, the other guy's super fit. And then like Glenn just shows up and is like, and Kelly, you you lived in SoCal, but he mentions like some route in SoCal Cal that's probably like, I don't know, I, I would say like Topanga Canyon, something like mm-hmm. that. I think that's it was thing. Topanga. That's a, that's, I think a, that's a real route. Or, that's a thing. Or, okay. or Latigo. Like Latigo's a real standard, one. Yeah. One of yeah. the standard LA routes. Right, right. Right. And he's just like, yeah, that's where I'm going too. And then they just ride together and end up becoming BFFs. And that did like, not happen on your bike rides. 
all the time. Well, okay. I'm going back to the cyclists are snobs thing. Uh-huh. And this guy's just wearing like a, a t-shirt, basically, like a long sleeved athletic shirt. It's not a bike jersey. So you're saying if someone rode up to you in a long sleeve t-shirt, you wouldn't be friends with them? This is what I'm hearing. What? No, that is not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying that a somebody who is like super snobby, which is which is what uh, the husband's character, George, is supposed to be kind of... Um, He's like rich, kind of rich, and like you would think a little elitist, but he's also kind of a dum dum. Okay. Yeah, but, but you think also, he wouldn't be friends. But also absolutely lovely, and I think he came across as the best character in the show. But that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> like he's, I remember in the scene, uh, this Zane guy is talking about. Yeah, I I used to ride carbon, but now I ride aluminum. Uh. <laughs> the the, the the whole th- oh yeah, I used to have that bike, but now I've downgraded to what we can only presume a guy who is not frequently employed, uh, who does not ride bikes. Like I, I'm guessing it's a bit of a downgrade. Uh, whatever bike he found, road bike he found, to be able to try to catfish this character. Okay, we are totally digressing. Jocelyn. We are like all the way down a hole okay. now. But yeah, so your issue is that it was not believable is what I'm taking. Not believable. It's not believable. Well, and the name Zane. Okay, that's like, the main issue? Okay. <laughs> I did have a problem with that. He's Korean American, like in his 30s. And Zane is just, it's not. <laughs> so that's also not believable. Okay. Yeah. It's not believable. What, what is super believable is... LA guy who is George, like Asian LA guy in Rafa Trek bike looking good. Like I have seen that in LA. Like totally. That part's believable. It's it's the I think cyclists are super snobby and they would not be friends some guy in like, you know, an aluminum bike that he just found at the side of the road. Maybe LA cyclists are a lot more open minded than you're giving them credit for. You know what? I'm saying hogwash on that one. <laughs> I just didn't believe that Glenn was in shape enough to keep up with George. Yeah, George is way fit. George is way fit. But maybe we're, you know, maybe Glenn is just a gifted cyclist and he didn't know. But also, if he had kept cycling, maybe he wouldn't be so depressed and continue down the whole beef storyline, you know? So- what shows or movies then do you think have been realistic about cycling? Okay. I so I had this idea that which I'm never going to do is basically like an account blasting every single media depiction of running, swimming, or biking sure. that is very incorrect. The swimming drives me nuts. Absolutely drives me nuts. Or running too, where there will be a TV show or a movie. And if this person is supposed to be like, high school state champion and you see their form and you're like yes yes Yes. did you ever see sisterhood of the traveling pants (laughs) what's her name the um the actress that is now married to ryan reynolds this is just gonna become a podcast of jocelyn (laughs) describing tv shows to us And I don't watch TV, so I'm sitting here like, like what I have are no you idea. Anyway. So here's the question, Sarah. If you started this thing that blasted all inaccurate or all inaccurate pictures, who has done it? Like, is there any that would make your like thumbs up list? Everyone's I'll like, have, no. 
I'll have, have to, to get that? back to you. Have you ever seen, and now we're going to, the Hawaii Five-0 where the triathlete drop a bank and they do it during a triathlon in their aero helmets? Is that the best <laughs> version of it? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. Wow. There, there's not a lot of triathlon in TV the, or in movies. No. And the best part is they go, but how could they do it? And then they go, oh, because they're triathletes. That's not <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> All right, Khadija, if you don't watch TV, what do you watch on the trainer? I watch uh, Netflix shows, um, YouTube videos. One of the, You're going to laugh because running is my least favorite discipline, but I actually watch videos of marathons while I'm yeah. on the trainer or when I'm running. Oh, like the race. Uh, yeah, the race recordings. Yeah, I literally. I don't know why I find it interesting. I just do. Well, do. if you have Netflix, watch yeah, you should watch me. this show. Yeah, yeah. I actually wrote it. Good. Wrote it down. Then next week you can come back and scene by scene describe a different episode to us, and then yes. we'll just get all of no, the episodes. No, no, <laughs> fine. Okay, you guys. By next week, you have to at least watch through episode nine because Sarah, that was the panic room scene, and I am still traumatized. Yeah, we're traumatized. just. This is now going to be a beef recap show. Um, <laughs> Where's the beef? This will change the name of the show to Where's the Beef? Given that it is May and Mm -hmm. that we are celebrating AAPI month, uh, I do love that this show kind of blows up stereotypes a bit. And it shows like really complete characters. And I think that's a that's a huge positive. Like it's really well written show. And I just love I love that it is show like. Yeah, whoever wrote it, awesome job, great d- directing. I think Ali wrong. I think Ali Wong wrote it. Right. All I know is they need somebody on set who knows a little something about cycling. That's my. That's my. That's my beef. With that's beef. your beef. Okay. That would be a cool <laughs> job, actually, to be the like endurance sports consultant on yes. TV shows. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break and get Sid Talks recap of the news of the week. And then we will talk about our advice for upcoming races and Sarah's mystery question to close it all out. All right, we're back with Sid Talks because we think that we like you and I are sitting here thinking there's not much racing. And actually, there's lots and lots and lots of racing. I was like, oh, yeah, we'll just be reviewing like WTS in Yokohama and and things. And, you know, Ironman Lanzarote is this weekend. And then suddenly we like pull up the list and it's like stacked start lists of the championships and loads of races in Europe and races over in the States and a lot of people racing and and like backing up loads of people have stayed like obviously those people that made the trip to Europe for the PTO have then decided to make it worthwhile and do back-to-back race weekends and then almost similar in the in the US those people who have committed to staying Mm -hmm. here are just sort of yeah, loading up, and I feel I feel like I should be racing again. <laughs> I feel like I haven't raced for ages. Uh, do you remember yeah. when we used to think you couldn't do back to back to back races? I know. Yeah, I yeah. All right, but first, this past weekend was like you said, Yokohama, second of the WTCS. There's only seven WTCS races. Anyway, it's a big deal. They're a big deal. They're the cha- C stands for championship, championship series. It's a big deal, and uh, I know it was late for you, as you didn't wa- and you don't have it. Uh, triathlon live um but it was pouring rain like pouring but i think that hasn't that been before in japan like at the japanese races it's not uncommon for it to be i mean the olympics wasn't that like the women's races yeah exactly yeah 
Um, but it was pouring rain so hard, the feed went out just at the end of the women's race. <laughs> oh, and again, typically. Oh, how convenient. Isn't that always the way? We're really sorry. The feed's just gone out at the women's race. Anyway. But that was particularly sad, given that Sophie Caldwell took her first WTCS win and, you know, didn't didn't get to I think she I think she's one of those athletes that everyone's just super happy to see her win. Like she's been chipping away and I think she's been in the shadows of like Jess and Georgia Taylor Brown for the last couple of years. And even with Beth Potter sort of um, rising up the last few years. And so she sort of got onto the podium last year. And then I think this year um, or, or in Yokohama last weekend, taking the win and the style that she did it, like running away on the 10 K when people have sort of, probably maybe thought she was a swim swim biker so that was super exciting um and then we had a a new another new up and coming I guess Rosa Vidal from Mexico coming in second and then it was great to see Taylor Nib um coming in third um on her return to racing but I think like we were saying off air it just throws more spanners in the works of for the British and the US selection teams for Paris next year like Gwen and, and um, uh, Katie's first weren't even racing. And yet you had, what was it, four US women and like Spivey was fourth. And then you'd got uh, Nib was third, obviously. And Kirsten Casper oh. and Rappaport. Yeah, just crazy, crazy. Women. I believe all five of the Americans were top 18 or top 17. Yeah. And then on the British side, yeah, the year, they went one and five. Yeah. Um, and then you also have on the British side, now you have two different Brits who have won the first two WTCS races. And that doesn't count the defending Olympic silver medalist. Yes. He's like a little out of shape right now. Yeah. It appears. And so you're like, well, and then, like you said, like Katie Zafaris was racing for points down in South America and Gwen Jorgensen was on the waiting list, like standing behind the start line in Yokohama, hoping somebody wouldn't start. And so, yeah, I don't know. I feel like we should just make our bets right now. Who do you think's going to... Who do you think is going to make it? No chance. Yep. No chance. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I can do. I I still think the Brits they'll pit Beth, Beth Potter, Georgia Taylor Brown, and Sophie. I think. I I think. Don't know. Let's see how Kate. Like you know, great race for Kate War, and if she carries on that season, maybe she's yeah, maybe she's the one that they need to be watched out for. She, the thing is, she can certainly swim. Like right. she's that front pack swimmer. So yeah, uh, and the Americans. I the Americans, have a clue, I feel like your heart, numbers, my your numbers heart would break for Taylor Spivey. Right. That's what I was going to say. Like, you feel like odds bet wise, you're like, it's Taylor, Taylor, and Katie. But yeah. you don't know. Taylor Spivey has been the most consistent. I, I, she has been the most consistent US athlete, like for the last several years, but it's always that third, fourth kind of spot. But she is always there, whereas the others are up and down are up and down but they're the ones maybe winning and so and she's missed out a few times and I would love to see her take that oh, yeah. spot and get selected and I think for the mixed team really she that's where her definitely like, she has a strength there as well here's a question for you even though I said we we're gonna keep the short if as someone who has been on podiums in pro races if you're always third and fourth you obviously have the ability to be first right like yeah. your physical ability is it all in your head then is it a mental thing where you like <laughs> what do you think <laughs> this is a very poignant question with me coming up <laughs> to a race in two weeks so i'm going to divert this question and go uh, in controvert not in in um going to the other extreme on the men's side the british men and the u.s men seem to be missing in action <laughs> compared to the women's side yeah. The um the American men looked like they were doing well. They were in. I mean, it was one giant group, and yeah, I saw Morgan in there off the bike. And then I, I mean, I understand like he's just not in shape. He said it just like pulled up, 
slightly injured and yeah. like ran a ran a 35 minute 10k um yeah. but Seth Ryder like I mean anyway there were they were in there but yeah it's more like a development yeah it's just and it, it's the same on the British side like I mean um oh gosh memory blank who's who's our British who races with Hayden ah Who's our British number one male? Your British number one male? I don't know. I don't keep track of the British men. <laughs> like... Oh my god! Why have I just got a memory blank? <laughs> Hayden, he's racing in um, the race next weekend. Oh god! I can see him. Tom Lee. Fish... No, no, who came second at the Olympics? Alex Yee. Alex Yee. Okay. Thank you. Oh my <laughs> god! I am so sorry, Alex Yee. This is training brain for you. I thought you were talking about oh, up and yeah. coming. Anyway, no, no, Alex no. Yee. Alex is Yee is quite good. Yes. Yeah, but he wasn't racing, is what I was saying. Um, yes. And I don't know if he's sort of, he's just delaying coming back, ready and timing it for the test event. He will go head to head, I think, with Hayden Wild, who won in Yokohama in a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, Hayden, Hayden won, Wild won, and then Matt Hauser for Oz, which is really great for Oz. They've been a bit of a drought on the medals, I guess, at WTS the last few years. And then Vasco from Portugal, who's kind of, I think, I think you were saying like, just, just, just like slowly. I thought he was coming on like 2021. Yeah. yeah. And then now he's here. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, I mean, Georgia Taylor Brown, uh, Right, sorry, Beth Potter didn't race. Alex Yee didn't race. Um, Beth Potter didn't race. There were a number of bigger because they're moving the 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 circuit, the series moves to Italy next in two weeks. So a lot like some of the European athletes are like, I'm just gonna hit it up when it gets back over here. Yeah. Cause then there's a lot of racing and they want to like stay focused. That's it. And like on the men's side, I mean, like Christian, um believe in fact, he came eighth, I think we said. Um to be fair, like given the fact that he pulmerized himself at the PTO champs yeah. one week before, then traveled and then is expected to find three extra gears to race. I mean, I, I think that's a fairly reasonable result considering he's dipping in both. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's Christian doing Christian, right? Like, yeah. we're going to have to see how it comes down when it's down to it. You know, I mean, don't be fooled when it comes down to it and the full focus on is on Paris. Like, I would not be underestimating them if you watch the race he came out of the swim like 40 something seconds down which is quite a lot in olympic yeah, racing 30, yeah and he just got on the bike and like hammered and then hammered all the way up to the group driving people with him hammered all the way through the group got to the front just kept hammering and it was like completely strung out in the pouring rain and like every time they hit a turn you'd hear like all the brakes screaming it was yeah and he was just like smiling yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so um, and then obviously another person who wasn't racing was Flora Duffy. And if you, anyone was following social media, she didn't know she's been struggling, unfortunately with a knee injury and focuses to get back for the test event in Paris. And obviously for next year is the main aim. Year, so she's not yeah. rushing to rushing to get back. Um, yeah. yeah, she did some of the commentary over the weekend too. And I thought she did quite well. It is nice when you have a commentate. I mean, I don't think, I think the commentary is usually fine on a lot of these races, but it is always nice. And you can tell when the very recent athletes are commentating because they can spot people literally in wetsuits. Yeah, and it's so hard with WTS because it's kind of fast and furious and everyone's kind of clumped together. So having that insight and someone who knows is is really good. The other race this past weekend was Gulf Coast 70.3. And like you mentioned, some of the Americans, um, the Gulf Coast was only a men's race. This upcoming weekend is Chattanooga 70.3, which is only a women's race. And so a lot of the Americans who stayed over here or North Americans and did St. George last weekend then backed it up 
with Gulf Coast this weekend, or they're doing Chattanooga next weekend. And yeah. so you got the Sam and Lionel and Jackson show again. Exactly. Those three kind of start. Well, I mean, you kind of feel there's this, you know, rivalry that everyone wants to see and they keep matching them up. But to be honest, at the moment, Sam is looking pretty dominant on that fight. And, um, you know, he's coming out the water a lot higher than I think people are expecting. And he's just demolishing on the bike and then running the fastest split off the bike. like. He ran quite uh, fast, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. So, and then this upcoming weekend, yeah, like we were saying, oh you and gosh. I were like, oh, there's nothing really happening this weekend. And my my prep was really shit because I was yeah. like, oh, it's fine. It's just WCS. Yeah. I'll just yeah. like review yeah. that. And then it was like, oh my God, there's a shit. There's actually this. a bunch. And so like we were saying over here in the US is uh, all the women are racing Chattanooga 70.3 and like all of those big names that stayed over here for St. George, um, Jeannie Metzler, uh, Sky Munch, uh, Jackie, Jackie Herring, Herring, Paula are, Finley throw in there. Well, she came back from Ibiza and I think yeah. and she hinted on her like video that she was trying to decide if she was oh, going to okay. race or if, it, know, if it was race week or not. You know, let's say Danielle Lewis put that hair mm-hmm. in there. Jeannie Metzler, I did you say her? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a load of, I think that's going to be a real interesting race again. Um, you know, a few of those athletes have raced, raced each other a couple of times now, so they're getting a little bit familiar. So maybe that changes dynamic. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how that race. also going to be hot, I think. Yeah. And then and then obviously there's the athletes who stayed over in Europe and they're just banging out races in Europe. And so you get, there's like a, as I was, there's a 70.3 at any given time somewhere happening in the world. That's just like... And that, and like, also there's like challenge races happening all right. over the place as well. I mean, they don't, they don't get as much coverage, unfortunately, but you know, there's still some, there's so a lot the of challenge people that, championship is this weekend too. Well, there's a chat. There was a challenge race this weekend and a lot of people backed up, you know, backing up from PTO to challenge to the other Ironman races this weekend. And then yes, we have the challenge championship this weekend. Um, which again, sort of match up from the men's, from the PTO. You've got Aaron Royal, Freddie Funk, who had that flat tire in PTO. So I think he's going to be firing. Clement Mignon recently, world champ for long course. Uh, Peter Heimrich had a great race. Matt Hansen's traveling over. Tom Bishop, you know, there's a David McNamee and Yuri. I think there's a, oh, the other one I was going to say, Nicholas Mann. He won a, he won a race, Marbella, um, same weekend as PTO. So it's a super flat course. Um, oh, is, so it? Could is be... it in Samarin again? In like yeah, the, it's in Samarin. Yeah. The, the dome, the yeah. biosphere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then on the women's side, like again, sort of Fenella, Sarah Perez, Indy Lee, I think is one to watch. Um, Lucy Byram, hopefully, like I think she was a bit sick going into PTO and didn't finish. So I'm really excited to watch her and get in the mix. Imogen Simmon returns, so that's exciting. And then right, you've got... I would like to see her back. Yeah, and then Marjorie Pellet, again, world champion, long course. Um, Sarah Spanks was second at that. So, again, like, really solid um, solid start list for the Challenge Championships, which is what, again, it's a, it's a big race, it, what it should be. It's a big be. race. It's a 100-euro race. I do wonder, yeah. are all these people going to get some training in at some point in between no, all these races? Just, I think they're just racing. They're just racing, race. yeah, hopefully. Yeah. And they'll tire themselves out they'll before too long. Them. Good, good. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, yeah, like you mentioned, and we're not going to dwell on it because we're getting down on our time, but there are two 70.3s in Europe too. Yeah. The one I can't pronounce in Germany. Uh, Krakow or Krakow. something like that. I something think that's, like that. I think I've butchered that. And the one in France, which I also can't pronounce. Can't pronounce, right. But you've Pays got, days. Pays days. <laughs> but you've got like Laura Philip headlining the one in mm-hmm. Germany. Um, and then the one in France, like Emma Pallant, Tamara Jewett. Now that could be a really interesting matchup. Sure. Um, Emma and Tamara, um, Nina Duran, this can then 
yeah not as much i mean and the big news of course because it's always the biggest news in a triathlon is that lucy charles barkley can't get her visa oh, yeah, that's to right. go to germany because of brexit and this is what the biggest cost of brexit there you go it was funny because someone was asking me a few someone had mentioned that a few months ago in terms of um hey, how does your visa work in Europe? And I'm like, well, I'm a Spanish resident, uh, probably not for long anymore, but um, <laughs> right. I, I am at the moment. Um, and hence, I don't have to abide by the 90 days um, that you're only allowed to be in Europe at a time. So yeah. So I mean, look, yeah, that German race. So let's say Lucy's scratched, but Laura Phillip, Ellie Salthouse, Nikki Bartlett, mm-hmm. Danielle Blymel, uh, okay. and Rashmanel's visit. Like again, like legit solid athletes there um the men's side patrick langer so it'll be interesting to see him if he's back if he's from, back back yeah maurice clavel not it doesn't look as actually deep on the men's side um the women's side's definitely got yeah Drink we should have field. a segment we should have a segment every week called which is better the men's which is or better. women's field <laughs> Strength of field 73 for the women, for the men, sorry, and 84 for the women. So definitely, but that's with, that's with Lucy. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, um, there we go. Well, um, there's lots of racing, lots and lots of, and then of course, obviously like you can be the next weekend is your mm-hmm. big race. And so we will have a break from Sid talks next week because Sid will be in Brazil and I will be in the trees somewhere camping. And then you'll, you'll come back afterwards and tell us how amazing Ironman Brazil was. How it was hopefully, great. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck, Sid. All right. Thank you. <laughs> All right, you all. I am going to assume that you did not stay up till 2 a.m. and watch Yokohama this weekend, but it was pouring rain on these poor racers. And I got so nervous for them. Do you guys do you guys race in the rain? I mean, I used to, but now it just makes me so nervous. Um, I mean, if it's raining and I'm signed up, then I do it. And you do it. I actually did not one time. I actually did not start. Like, <laughs> no, no, seriously. Well, it was like a, it was like one of those, like, um, you know, the crazy big storms we got out here with like the wind and like trucks blowing out. Yeah. And I was like, no, this is no. Oh, I mean, mm-hmm. you don't have to, right. then don't. I respect that. Uh, I have raced in all sorts of conditions, mm-hmm. but I also think, you know, I kind of have to, so. <laughs> it's your job, kind of, kind of. I also think it always, they were racing in Yokohama this weekend, and maybe Sarah, I feel like it always rains in Yokohama. I feel like it. It rains a lot, yeah. And it's it's not mild rain. It's torrential downpours. Um, yeah, and, and so draft legal so different from non-draft because the safety issue is, you know, it's real. Uh, the bike handling, that's a, it's a totally different world. Um, and you have athletes who are, are racing for money. They're racing for Olympic points slots. So people are going to take more risks. Um, so that's a totally different, that's a totally different perspective when you're thinking of it in that, those terms. Uh, you know, if you, if you train in it, you're okay racing in it. And I think that's where it comes down to a lot of people just don't like training in the rain. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't feel comfortable racing in the rain. So I guess to think of it like, you know, you just got to get out there in all sorts of conditions and you'll be comfortable with all sorts of conditions racing. I used to like, obviously we don't get snow in the Bay area. We get like 40 degree rain. And so I used to ride in the rain all the time. And there's like only so many times you can get hypothermia. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, cause like 40 degree rain is actually a fucking, like it's, it's the worst it's the worst 
And so then like, I just don't, I'm like, Sarah, I'm retired. I'm not doing this anymore. Totally. I get it. <laughs> like the day I stopped racing and I have gotten a lot softer over the years where I'm like, eh, I can just ride on the trainer on so that's yeah. yeah. I hear you. Yeah. I remember training and we did some training camps in Thailand when it was like tropical storms, torrential downpours. And it's like, you got your five hour ride and you just go and you know, you always say, hey, it could be like this on race day. And that gives you that mental edge. But I don't do that anymore. No, no. Screw that. But it's a warm rain. <laughs> That's the thing. Is, <laughs> that is I true. never think of rain as warm. I'm always like, oh, but you're going to die <laughs> like because it's so cold. <laughs> I'll train in the rain if it's not crazy. Mm-hmm. And I do. A, I've only I do a little bit of crit racing. And I've only been in, I think, two races where it was actually raining. But to Sarah's point, I, I don't get paid for this. So if somebody's looking like they're not totally in control, I'll back off. Or if I'm feeling good, I know, even though my team is like, it's not time to jump, I'll jump anyway, because I'm trying to get out of that situation. Um, but yeah, I, I think you should plan for every eventuality. If you're, if you paid for the race and you know, you're going to race no matter what you have to plan, you have to think of all the good things and all the bad things that could possibly happen and prepare yourself for it. So rain is one of those things. The main thing I plan for is heat because that's Mm. where mostly where I race it's, it's hot. So I, I turn up the heat in the basement when I'm training inside and prepare myself. I tell myself it's going to suck when I get off the bike. It's going to be hotter and hotter too. That's the other problem. It's like, we're going to have shittier and shittier weather to race in more and more frequently. There's no more like nice 60 degree, slightly overcast. No. Uh, Khadija said you run a group too. And now we're getting into race season. I want to know what kind of advice you give, like the people doing their first race. What's like the, is there like, I mean, you just told them to prepare for anything. Is there Mm -hmm. like key advice you give them? Um, especially for the first half of the race, stay within the, the, the zones that you've trained for, mm. um, and make sure that you you're real with how your body feels. I mean, if you're already burning up and you're still on the first lap of a two lap race, that's not a, a good space to be in. Stay right within your paces. And then the second half, if you feel good or you're willing to take a chance, you know, then, then go for it. But the main thing is to understand how you feel stay within your, your, with your nutrition plan and stay within the paces that, that you've, you've planned for. Yeah, that's good advice. I was like, I don't know, Sarah, do you even remember doing your first one? How long ago was that? I do. Okay. So my, for my first race, my advice from that is know your equipment before you race, because I had, <laughs> I borrowed a, I borrowed a road bike with like down tube shifting and I didn't nice. know how to shift the bike. Um, so I had people, yeah, exactly. Petita doesn't even know what down tube shifting is. Exactly. <laughs> it's like the butt, you go like this. <laughs> like it's leather. like the things at the end of the aero bars on a tri bike, but they're actually on like a road bike down tube on the frame. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I borrowed a very old bike. Let's put it that way. And I didn't know how to shift it. And I had people like yelling at me going up the hill how to shift gears. So know your equipment. Don't don't do anything new in a race that you haven't done in training. Yeah. 
I rode a messenger bike on my first triathlon. Ooh, so I didn't I have to it. worry about shifting. So smart. That's what I needed to do. <laughs> what I needed to do. How about you, Jocelyn? Like, yeah. Um, know how to change a flat tire. So my first race was a super sprint when I was 18 years old. I was a freshman in college. Um, and I was also on the cycling team. And the so the bike length of the tri was only seven miles. And all of my cycling teammates were like, oh, just like you don't even need your flat repair kit. That just adds weight to the bike. And of course, I get a flat tire. And I'm like sitting on the side of the road, just like, I'm not even going to finish my first try. This sucks. And uh, another guy doing the longer distance race, there it, there might have been an Olympic going on. He actually pulled over and was like, well, I'm not going to win this thing. And he threw me his flat repair kit. And so I was able to finish my race. Oh, and I nice. was uh, eternally grateful. But I did know how to change a flat. I was going to say, bet- I thought you were going to say he changed it for you. And no. I was like, wow. Oh, no. Oh, no. The first time I got a flat tire um, on the bike team I was riding by myself, I didn't know how to change a flat. And I had to call my male teammate to rescue me. And from then on, I decided I was never going to be that damsel in distress again. So from then on, I knew how to, you know, change my own flats. But I also didn't know you're supposed to pump up your tires regularly. Mm. So I got a pinch flat. But the things you learn when you're a newbie, you know, I didn't know you needed to sight. like it didn't even occur to me that didn't like occur to me because my first one was at Santa Cruz. And I we got to the beach and I was like, oh, like, how does this, what, what, how does this work? It actually is okay, but there's a, whatever. Santa Cruz is fine because there's a pier. So you can just like look when you breathe and be like, oh, I'm by the pier. Still good. Uh, But yeah, that's always like, you know what I tell everybody though? And this is what I've learned over the last few years. Maybe you guys will agree with me because like you run a, you know, we get newer program. I feel like people are too scared of doing a triathlon. They're like, oh, I bike and I run and I like know how to swim, but triathlon, that's, that's like a, and I feel like I just keep telling people, like, it's just exercise. Like, you know how to do all the things. Just do them all together. Yeah, at the same time. Yeah. I don't know. Kelly, you're telling me in Hawaii 5.0, they robbed the bank and they were able to get away with it because they were triathletes. So clearly, triathletes are exceptional. <laughs> I'm just saying, this is the actual perception people have, right? Like, they're like, whoa. Whoa. I think it's the fear of open water. Mm. That's the one thing I hear from even people who are really strong athletes. They still they're standing on the start line, just having anxiety over. It's true. Swim. I did doggy paddle that first triathlon because I'd never swum in open water before. And the water was kind of brown. And as soon as I stuck my face in, I freaked out. So it was only 200 yards, though. I was second to last coming out. <laughs> but got through it but I definitely I doggy paddled that race because I was not used to that nasty water interesting I was saying excuse me to people I had <laughs> never I, I learned how to swim in open water but I never swim with a bunch of people and I accidentally like swim over something I was like oh I'm sorry and I'm like oh they're just swimming let me just keep swimming because she didn't hear me say excuse right, she doesn't <laughs> I feel like if we can make a whole list of all the mistakes that have ever been made and then just don't make any of those again. Like the people that run out of transition with their helmet still on or it's like on backwards, like the backwards arrow helmet. We're like running in circles around transition because you like can't figure out what to do. I've done that. Seriously? Well, it's like I couldn't get figure out where to go or like I was stuck. Like the exits weren't marked. Yeah, you know what I mean? I was like, where am I supposed to go? Run out. (laughs) 
So, or the best ever is when you like accidentally get directed. I've had this happen into like the wrong section. And then you realize you have to be over there. And like the only way is, and like, you know, race brain, you're like, I'll just climb this fence as I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> I like when they're yelling like Mount Lion, Mount Lion. And it sounds like Mountain Lion. Nice. <laughs> like There's a Mountain Lion. See, so we're ready for the season. We're ready to go. I feel like Sarah and Khadija are ready for their race this weekend. You're I'm ready, excited. Kelly. I'm You're going to get through this. You can do it. I'm really, I'm genuinely concerned about Kelly now. <laughs> now I'm, I have this mental image of her just doing laps around the transition area. <laughs> that like happened my first race. I was like running in circles and I was like, where am I supposed to go? <laughs> this is an Iron Man branded event. They're pretty fine. well marked. The only thing you have to worry about me with this weekend, Sarah, is that it's like a three loop course and my hotel is right in the middle. So I will pass my hotel six times and there is a <laughs> increasing possibility I will stop and get a drink as that goes on. Yeah. As long as it's not outside assistance. If someone just like sets it on the ground in front of you and you pick it up, I don't think that's outside assistance. What if you leave the course and come back where you entered? That's fine. I think that's fine. Yeah. That's allowable. I don't know. <laughs> You're not cutting the course. <laughs> You're just adding extra. You're just adding extra. I, I've heard of people having a really bad day out in the course and going yeah. into McDonald's and then mm -hmm. coming back out in the course and continuing on. So, sure, why not? Sure. Go to the, your like, hotel. Yeah. <laughs> the low-key, like, cycling events we have out here, my, my husband definitely has stopped at gas stations because mm -hmm. he's out of food. So. Yeah. Oh, here's a good rookie tip. If you are going to be taking your time, <laughs> you should know what the course cutoffs are. Yeah. I got to tell you, though, one time I was flying to some big 70.3 and you know how everyone's at the airport. You can tell like everyone's going like they all have bike boxes. We're all standing in like the car rental line. And this woman's asking us doing the like, oh, what is triathlon? Right. How far do you bike? How far do you run? And she goes, oh, how long does that take? Like, how long do you have? And this guy turns to me and goes, oh, I don't know. How long is it going to take you? What's the cutoff time? And I was like, bitch, I am going to beat you. I don't know what the cutoff time is. Like... <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh, I got to love triathletes. I only know the cutoff for the swim is like two hours and 20 minutes. That's the In only Iron cutoff Man, yeah. that I was very concerned with when I was a beginner. For sure. The uh, Some of them are pretty intense, actually, like. Alcatraz here, the cutoffs are pretty intense. So, I think the only time I was ever worried about the cutoff was in Ponte Vedra, the swim. The current was really strong. Mm -hmm. And I knew I was like, I think I I beat it by only like a minute. And as I was running through transition, I was like, did I make the cutoff? And everybody's like, just keep going. If they didn't stop you, keep going. I was like, okay, okay. Dude, I, um, I've never, I didn't know this, but like I was at Lake Placid one year, not the year... Sarah did it before that. And uh, I was running and the guy, the last guy was coming on the bike and he literally had a motorcycle behind him with a megaphone counting down, like how much, like yelling, like you have three. And the guy's like weaving on his bike and this guy's like following him behind him with like yelling through a megaphone. And I was like, that is- really That's not encouragement. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> that is terrifying. That's terrifying. Yeah. That is not motivating. I was like- watching it from my lap of the run yeah i was like that looks terrible <laughs> i can see me turn around like bruh look <laughs> this is not this is not how it's gonna go down i can't oh my gosh that's terrible i mean i hopefully he may he looked like determined to make it so 
everybody's motivated differently i guess yeah all right sarah what's your random question for us this week i feel like last week it was superheroes right all right okay so my random question is i'm about to pack for 10 days if weight limitations size limitations weren't an issue what is the one totally impractical thing that you would pack with you on a trip because for me I have I have this weighted blanket. I am so oh. obsessed with my weighted blanket, but it weighs like thirty pounds. So there's no way I'm bringing with me to Europe. But if I could, I would. So who said books? I said books because especially you're going yeah. to Germany, right? I feel yeah. like that's what always ends up happening is I like read my whole book on the flight, and then I'm in a country and there are no English language books, and I end up buying some like random fucking thing that's like the only thing in English. And this is how I read. I read like a medical memoir once because I was like, well. I have a weighted blanket in the van. I love weighted blankets. <laughs> what is the appeal um, of weighted blankets? I don't understand this. It's, it's just, like a warm hug. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like, I don't know. It just makes me sleep better. Hmm. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It, they're yeah. amazing. I it's It's my thunder blanket. So, you know, dogs have like thunder shirts to comfort them. When it's thundering, I don't actually know if this is where like it's the weight is very comforting. Like having like 30 pounds on me doesn't make me feel like I'm being stifled or, you know, suffocated. It's like a big hug. Yeah. Like Jocelyn said. Okay. It's they're amazing. Amazing. I don't have my own, but I did get one for my child when she was small and not sleeping. But then I realized that you have to wait till they're five. Because it's supposedly not safe for when they're really young, even though you're trying all the tricks to get them to sleep. <laughs> all right, but you can't pick weighted blanket, Khadija, because Sarah already picked weighted blanket. I so. can't think of anything. <laughs> the only the only thing I always want to take with me that it weighs too much is actually practical, and that's my recovery boots. Uh, I was thinking about those as well. Yeah, yeah, that's totally impractical. You're never going to bring them on an airplane. Come on. Yes, that <laughs> yeah. counts. That counts. If that counts. Yeah, because I'd love to take them everywhere. Even if I'm not racing, I like just sitting in them. Do they? Do you really feel like they work? They help me. Hmm. Yeah. I think I'm too small. Every time I've tried them, they've been too big for me. Oh. The one I, I got... um rapid reboot and they have a small size hmm. so i got the smallest they have and they they've the hip ones i can't use because they're too big it's like right. yes it's like yeah i actually got i got a pair of norma techs um my eighth month of pregnancy because my legs are getting swollen uh, and then i was i asked my good friend joanna who's an ultra runner who has them and loves them and she's like treat yourself now because once that baby comes all your extra extra money is gonna go to her and she was right and she was right she was right so. all right Jocelyn what was your pick did you pick something well no I didn't um I think and this is I think this is practical too <laughs> so I've been hit by a car two times while riding my bike so I do have oh. neck problems and so I have a special pillow that is like super cushy but it's also flat it's really it's not really high. And so I do travel with that when I go on road trips because it fits in the car easier than like taking it with you onto an airplane. But yeah, it would be my special pillow for my neck. Yeah, there, there's something about bedding. 
So I remember hearing about Team Sky used to travel or they, whatever iteration they're on now. Um, But like, I know this is fairly, you know, widespread with some of the tour teams now is that they'll bring bedding from hotel to hotel so that like you have consistent sleep with the same bedding, the same pillows, like whatever works for you. Um, I hate, I hate sleeping in unfamiliar environments and like having my pillow would be awesome. Is the bedding the, like I don't like it because I'm like convinced I'm going to be raped and murdered. But like it's not the bedding <laughs> that like is my concern. Sometimes, yeah, absolutely. Where I will take every blanket in the place and like fold them up on top of me because it's not <laughs> enough weight. <laughs> I mean, there are some like if you go to like a nicer hotel and the bedding is nicer, then you're just like ah. Oh. Right. Mm-hmm. But then if you're like staying at a shitty hotel or motel six whatever thin blankets yeah, yeah like Lump, kind of lumpy scratchy. pillows mm-hmm. and you're just impacted by smells good. more so i always carry around those gain for breeze because that's the the detergent that i use and i literally just spray everything with it because it's a familiar smell hmm. to me and i also have candles tiny candles that i travel with because it I don't know. There's something about smells that just impact me more than anything. And even sometimes, like you said, the feel of the your bedding, I'll travel with a twin size sheet. That's like the same thread count of what I use. So that's what's on my skin. Huh. I don't know. That's kind of weird. Well, no, clearly, no! Much clearly you guys all feel this way. BMI! But yeah. I apparently am the only one who doesn't feel this way. So <laughs> apparently, yeah. apparently this is a normal thing. Yeah. 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 And sleep is key when you, when you travel and not, yeah. And I'm a travel bum. If I, I think the only thing that keeps me at home is the fact that I have kids. Maybe that's why I was gifted so many because I would literally, (laughs) I would literally be a travel bum if, if I didn't have kids. You would be in a white van parked on the side of the road. Yeah. Like you will be (laughs) this weekend. Yes. Yes. Oh, I can't wait. If if we have any listeners who are going to Chattanooga, definitely come say hi to us or Morrow Bay. Uh, otherwise, we cannot wait to recap everything with you next week. Thank you so much for listening to If We Were Writing, and we look forward to catching up with you next week. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. All right, Alyssa, I'm like starting to swim more again, and I feel like you were swimming a lot last year with Oprah with one water. And how did you keep your hair from getting so destroyed? I was swimming so much last year and I used to try hard, Kelly, and I still swear by it. They have extensively researched this problem and created a superior vegan, dermatologically tested proprietary blend. Try hard has shampoo, conditioner, body wash, and more stuff. Everything you're going to need for your pre and post swim necessities. I've also seen that top pros like Chelsea Sodaro and Lucy Charles Barkley also praise the effectiveness of try hard. I think it's like it's definitely changed how good I feel just coming out of chlorine. 
And we have a code right now too for anyone who wants to try, you know, <laughs> try, try hard and stop suffering from dry, itchy skin, having their hair get all, you know, green, which happens to me because mine's like super blonde and get all beat up. You can try any of the try hard products with the code 20 feisty. That's two zero feisty for 20% off store-wide at tryhard.co. So that's 20 feisty for 20% off at tryhard.co. I'm personally very excited to have Precision Fuel and Hydration signing on as a new Feisty Try sponsor. Precisely because of their commitment to education and to making sure that all the women lining up for triathlons this year have all the information you need to fuel your races. Like, did you know women often underfuel and more typically complain about gel consistency, which I know I personally like really love the light and easy to get down precision gels, which still have 30 grams of carbohydrates. But the most important thing is to test all of this yourself. And that's why you can use Precision Sweat Testing Spreadsheet to do your own testing and to calculate your own sweat loss. And look, like I know that can sound intimidating. I also was, uh, but it's really super manageable. When you enter your numbers into their formula, it spits out how much sweat you lose, how much sodium, and then you can calculate and figure out what works for you. And then you can book your totally free consultation with their sports scientists who will walk you through your own race plan. You can find all of this information and a ton more on female fueling, hydration, things to know in the Precision Fuel and Hydration Knowledge Hub on their website. And you can test out their gels, drink mixes, electrolyte pills, and their specially formulated flow gel, which is made just for how people fuel in long course triathlon. Get 15% off your first order with the code FTP15. That's FTP, the number 15 like feisty triathlon pods or like functional threshold power ftp15 at pfandh.com 